And good morning again. Good to have you with us. Good to have you that are logging into Facebook or onto YouTube. And uh, certainly good to have you here with us this morning. We want to wish you and your families a Merry Christmas uh, as well. Uh, and certainly glad you're able to be here with us today. Of course, as I mentioned earlier, we've got a special uh, that we'll be doing midways through the sermon. So uh, I will be uh, pausing the sermon and calling the uh, handbell choir to come up for that. And just a reminder that the second song will be a sing-along song for the whole congregation. So we want you to be included in that as well. All righty. Christmas. It's here finally. And it only seems like uh, just a few days ago, we were planning out our homecoming service and, and the, the revival preacher coming in and the meal. And, and as it goes by quicker each and every year, uh, we are here. And as you know, we've been going through our Christmas series this year. The Heart of Christmas has been the title of that. We've seen how that the hope, peace, and joy all have part of that celebration of the birth of Jesus. And today we will finish that series as we celebrate Christmas, whether it, you do it today, many uh, have uh, the tradition where you open the gifts on Christmas Eve. That's what we do at our house. Of course, that's all born out. We all understand that because you're usually so busy on Christmas Day going around to other places that uh, uh, you have to uh, kind of <laughs> economize when we open gifts. But whatever the case was, there will most assuredly be at one of your stops a gift that you have to figure out how to respond to without hurting somebody's feelings. So, uh, uh, and it reminds me uh, of a year that Carol and I were at an office Christmas party and uh, we had drawn names and uh, we were giving gifts out, of course, you know how that goes. And, and it wasn't too many days or weeks prior to us going to this party that Carolyn was commenting on how how unneat my collection of knives was on the counter. And I just had everything laying there and I don't know, four or five <laughs> knives. I didn't see a problem with having four or five knives handy, but she did. And she had complained about that I needed to do something with my knives. Well, I say that to set the, the tone for the Christmas party at the office. So we go and we have a nice party and it comes time to do the gift exchange and the lady that drew my name bought me, guess what, a pocket knife. And I opened it up and I turned over to Carolyn. I said, oh look, Carolyn, a pocket knife, just what I needed. Well, I was kind of ribbing her, but I didn't realize that the lady that bought me the knife could hear what I said and it hurt her feelings pretty bad. She thought I was making light of the gift she'd given. She had no idea that Carolyn had reprimanded me for my housekeeping skills earlier, but we have to, to keep that on in our minds. I've felt bad about that ever since, to be honest with you. And we'll all probably get a gift this year that we really don't expect or maybe don't even need. But let me encourage you. Receive it with grace. Someone took the time to pick that out for you. Say thank you to them. And uh, really like it. Say, I really like that. Just realize that someone thought about you and picked that gift out with you in mind. Now, I say all of this for a reason. Today, I want to speak to you about a gift that you don't have to worry about whether how you respond. It's the greatest gift that has ever been given to mankind. And at Christmas time, we celebrate it being presented to us. 
And that's through the birth of Jesus Christ, of course. When God sent his son to earth to be born, it was a full expression of his never-ending love for us. His love is a gift that is thoughtful because it meets our greatest need, the need to be reconciled, the path to salvation, reconciliation back to him is what this birth of Christ means. It's a gift that is priceless because it could never be purchased with anything less than Christ's blood. And it's a gift that is timeless because God's grace toward us is never ending. And above all else, the heart of Christmas is God's love. God's gift was right on time for us. In Galatians chapter 4, verses 4 and 5, Paul writes these words. He says, But when the fullness of time was come, God sent forth his Son, made of woman and made under the law, to redeem them that were under the law, that we might receive the adoption of sons. Now, one of the most popular things that's phrases or questions that's asked after Thanksgiving is, what do you want for Christmas? Because we all begin to think about that. Normally, when we answer the question, the item will appear under a tree wrapped in a gift wrap or stuck in a bag with a nice bowl and a gift tag with our name on it. And one of the easiest ways to overcome the struggle to get someone that perfect gift, for me, I have found, is that wonderful invention called the gift card. Solves all of your problems, doesn't it, man? Uh, all that wrapped up in one joyful little piece of plastic that you can easily wrap in an envelope, right? And that's what we, I enjoy about those. But have you ever received a gift you didn't ask for? A gift that you didn't ask for, but it perfectly met a need that you had. Maybe the giver knew that you were having a struggle. Maybe the giver knew that there was a need that you thought that no one else knew that you had. But yet, they picked out that perfect gift. And those are the best gifts. The ones that we were not expecting and the ones that fulfilled a need that we had, a deep-seated need, one that maybe no one else knew about. And the timing of those is always perfectly timed. And this passage that I've just read is about the perfect timing of Jesus' birth. It was the perfect time for God to send the remedy for the sin that had separated us from him since the fall of Adam. It was a perfect time for man to be restored back to God. God, with the birth of Jesus, went to great lengths to bring sinful man, us, back into fellowship with him and to once again be part of his family. And what's perhaps the most amazing thing about that is when Jesus came, he came to us exactly where we are. He was born under the law of God in order to redeem man and mankind from its regulations. In doing so, his perfect life that he led met the requirements that the law demanded that we follow but could not because where we are weak, Jesus is strong. And where we are poor, he is rich. And when we fail, Jesus is successful. 
And we have to remember that God in our lives is always right on time. And we are loved into a family. If you continue to look with me in Galatians chapter 4, verse 6 and 7, we see that Paul continues to say this, And because you are sons, God has sent forth the spirit of his son into your hearts, crying, Abba, Father. Wherefore, thou art no more a servant, but a son. And if a son, then the heir of God through Christ. Many people, maybe even some of us today here, at some time, some point in our lives, maybe day to day, miss the fact that God loves us. And those who have accepted Christ, those that know him as their Savior, even may miss the fact that we have been adopted into his family. And if we miss those facts, if we miss the fact that we are valued and treasured by God, then we have a hard time loving other people. If we are to live, if we are to live our life to the fullest, if our joy is to be, as Jesus said, full, he said that in John 15, we must have these facts central to the part of our Christmas celebrations, that we have value and we are loved by God and we are adopted into his family. Because being adopted into God's family is the highest privilege that could be offered to man. Listen to what Paul wrote over in Ephesians chapter 1, verses 3 through 14. And this is a, a, a rather lengthy passage, but I think it's important that we hear it this morning. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who hath blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ, according as he hath chosen us in him before the foundations of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love, having predestined us unto the adoption of the children by Jesus Christ to himself, according to the good pleasure of his will, to the praise of the glory of his grace, wherein he hath made us accepted to be to the beloved, in whom we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins, according to the riches of his grace, wherein he hath abounded toward us all wisdom and prudence, having made known unto us the mystery of his will, according to the good pleasure which he hath purposed in himself, that in the dispensation, the fullness of times, he might gather together in all, one, all things in Christ, both which are in heaven and which are on earth, even him, in whom also we have obtained an inheritance, being predestined according to the purpose of him who worketh all things after the counsel of his own will, that we should be to the praise of his glory who first trusted in Christ, in whom ye also trusted. After that ye heard the word of truth and the gospel of your salvation, in whom also after that you believed. Ye were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise, which is the earnest of our inheritance, until the redemption of the purchased possession, unto the praise of his glory. As part of God's family, the family that we are adopted into through Christ we're blameless. Our sins are washed away. God's will and way are made known to us. 
And we are chosen to receive hope and salvation and will inherit eternal life as one of God's precious family members. And we should always remember that, that we are part of that family. That is why the baby came. The, we celebrate the birth of Christ. But we really celebrate the one that, that brings us that adoption option. Because of him, we are able to be adopted into God's family. And all of this is only made possible because of the arrival of Jesus. And let us not forget that as we celebrate the birth of Christ today with our families. I know a lot of preparation has gone into the gifts and wrapping and decorations and into the good meals that we will either have eaten last night or will eat today or this afternoon or throughout the course of the week, but we must remember what we celebrate. Being with family is wonderful, but we have to realize that we're part of a much bigger family, that we have been adopted into God's family. At this time, Karen and Chris uh, have, uh, and some other, and the participants, kids and adults, have worked hard on a special and uh, for us for Christmas time, and now I'm going to ask them to come up and perform their songs for us, and uh, also just to remind you again that the second song is a sing-along, so I want to encourage everyone in the congregation to uh, uh, come up, uh, to sing along with us and enjoy these, these Christmas songs.
the players in the field. If Liz is me too, and I hope that you get that same blessing out of it because we're hearing bells ring for every celebration and they're ringing for little kids. They did a great job, didn't they? Let's give them a round of applause now for all their work. I know they worked hard uh, for several weeks on that, and I always enjoy hearing that, so it's certainly, certainly good that we had that opportunity, and thank you for that work. So the ringing the bells, the joy of Christmas, 
and this gift that we've talked about, the adoption that we have been included into God's family, all of this is that hope, peace, joy, and love of Christmas because love freely received is love that should be freely given. In Corinthians uh, chapter, First uh, Corinthians rather, chapter 13, uh, not a unpopular <coughs> passage. Paul writes to the church at Corinth about love. And if we've not experienced the grace of God, it's difficult to offer the grace of God to others. If we've not experienced the compassion of God, how can we express that same compassion to other people? When we understand the love of God that he has for us, I mean truly understand how much he loves us, then it becomes we have no choice but to treat other people that way. When we realize the greatness of this gift that we celebrate on Christmas morning. And the incredible thing about love is it's more about our will than it is an emotion because love is tough sometimes sometimes love requires us to work at it but the thing about it is there is never never an off day or time off for love we're going to read this passage chapter 13 of first corinthians my bible has it captioned the way of love Though I speak with the tongue of men and angels and have not charity, I become as a sounding brass or a tinkling cymbal. And though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and though I have all faith so that I could remove mountains and have not charity, I am nothing. And though I bestow all of my goods to feed the poor, and though I give my body to be burned and not have charity, it profiteth me nothing. Charity suffereth long and is kind. Charity envy not its, envieth not. Charity vaunteth not itself, is not puffed up, doth not behave itself unseemingly, seeketh not her own, is not easily provoked, thinketh no evil, rejoiceth not in iniquity, but rejoiceth in truth, bears all things, believes all things, hopeth all things, and endures all things. Charity never faileth, but where there be prophecies, they shall fail. Whether there be tongues, they shall cease. Whether there be knowledge, it shall vanish away. For we know in part, and we prophesy in part. But when that which is perfect is come, then that which is in part shall be done away. When I was a child, I spake as a child. I understood as a child. I thought as a child, but when I became a man, I put away childish things. For now we see through a glass darkly, but to face to face, no, I in part, but then shall I know even as I am also known. And now abideth faith, hope, charity, these three, but the greatest of these is charity. We can get caught up in all kinds of good things all kinds of things that have some significance or maybe have little. And we can miss the whole point if love is not our motivating factor. The love that we have been given by God 
should lead us to be patient and kind. It should lead us to avoid being envious or proud. It makes us to honor others and be kind. It avoids evil and celebrates good. And I ask you this morning, is this the love that you have received from God? And then I ask again, is this the love that you display in your life? Dr. Bradford Reeves adapted this passage for what it might sound like during Christmas time. And it was so good, I couldn't not read this. So I want to share this with you. <coughs> if I decorate my house perfectly with plaid bows, strands of twinkling lights, and shiny ornaments, but do not have love, I'm just another decorator. If I work hard in the kitchen baking Christmas cookies, preparing gourmet meals, and arranging a beautifully adorned table at mealtime but do not have love, I'm just another cook. If I work in a soup kitchen, carol in the nursing home, and give all that I have to charity but I do not have love, it profiteth me nothing. If I trim the spruce with shimmering angels, and crocheted snowflakes, attend a myriad of holiday parties, and sing in the <laughs> choir's cantata, but do not focus on Christ, I have missed the point. Love stops the cooking to hug the child. Love sets aside the decorating to kiss the spouse. Love is kind even when hurried and tired. Love does not envy another's home that has coordinated Christmas china and table linens. Love does not yell at the kids to get out of the way, but is thankful that they are there to be in the way. Love does not give only to those who are able to give in return, but rejoices in giving to those who cannot. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, and endures all things. Love never fails. As we close, imagine for just a moment that you have a gift picked out and it's wrapped for a special person who you love very much. It's sitting under maybe your tree right now or maybe it's in that stocking. You look with great excitement to give them that gift and you have the opportunity and you hand them the gift. It has their name and the bow. It's wrapped just exactly like you want it. it has their name on the gift tag you hand them the gift, they look at the gift, say thank you, and set the gift aside. Never opening it. Could you imagine the disappointment that you would have in that action? Well, I asked you, as we go through those emotions of thinking, well, I worked really hard wrapping that. I thought a long time about picking that gift out and it being just the perfect thing for you and you don't even open it? I wonder if God feels the same way when we're offered the gift of Christ. And then we see it. We may even touch it, but we set it aside and just say thank you. But never open and never receive that gift of salvation, that gift of hope peace, joy, and love. I would have to feel that he would feel the same way each time we refuse that offer when he has worked so hard
to secure the gift of salvation, but yet it is never opened by some. The good news is you can open that gift today through the invitation. Having heard throughout the Christmas time the story of the birth of Christ, and that's truly the gospel, that because of the babe that was born in the manger, we have the opportunity for salvation by hearing and believing confessing him as Savior, repenting from our sins and being buried with him in baptism, raised that new creation just as he was a new creation that day that they laid him in the manger. And we walk forward, faithful, affected by God's love, affected by God's compassion for those of us that know him and understand the great sacrifice that he made, we cannot be changed. Maybe you're sitting here today and you've accepted Christ as your Savior. But there are things going on around you in your world. Maybe they're not bad things. Maybe they're good things. But maybe those things have taken you away from your relationship with God. Maybe those have, have put a little bit of a, a wedge between you and your Savior, Jesus Christ. Maybe there's something going on in your life that gives you worry. God loves you. He loves you enough that he sent his son here to live with us, to be like us, even though we're messy people. He came so that we could have hope when times that we felt like we were hopeless. He came so that we could have peace when there was times that there was no peace around us. And he came to give us joy when times were not joyful. And it's because of his great love. So we offer this morning, as we sing our hymn of invitation, O Come All Ye Faithful. And this is truly a good hymn to ask to come, to be faithful, to trust in God, to receive the gift that he has prepared just for you. We're going to stand and sing 284, O Come All Ye Faithful, just the first and the second verse. I want to encourage you to come as we stand and sing. Mm -hmm. 